0: A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 to 19a. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, The men traveled with Saul, traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias! Yes, Lord," he answered. The Lord told him, "Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight." Lord," Ananias answered, "I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with the authority from the chief priests, to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go! This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. God, we thank you for the story of Saul, for this experience he had, on the road to Damascus we pray that you would be with us as we reflect upon his experience as we try to understand what this means for us that we would see the connection between the ancient scriptures and our modern experience we pray these things in christ's name amen i want you to think about the person that you would be most surprised if they became a christian Uh, It could be someone who has a a criminal record or is actively involved in crime at this time. They might be someone who is rather violent. Uh, Maybe someone who is known to have a particularly immoral lifestyle. Maybe it is someone who is a skeptic, someone who has intellectual reasons for not believing. And they are very outspoken when it comes to why they don't believe. This person may be uh, someone famous, it could be uh, an actor or a musician or a politician. Uh, This person could be someone that you know personally, it could be a family member, it could be a good friend or neighbor or co-worker. But I want you to think about that one person that you would be most surprised if you found out that that person became a Christian. Now, I wouldn't say when I look back at my life that I was the most surprising person to become a Christian. I wasn't the the most unexpected, but people were shocked when uh, I became a Christian. It's not that I was uh, horrible. It's not like I, I committed crimes or did anything really, really bad. But in my teen years, I seemed to be as far away from God as you could get. Uh, I just was not someone who seemed interested in that. And in fact, many people thought that I was uh, anti-God or anti-church and or so on. And uh, in fact, there were people uh, who knew me who thought that uh, there's, there's no way that anything like this could happen. In fact, uh, there was a, a friend of mine in my teens, his mother, who was a Christian, and I think that she had some concerns about me hanging out with her son, and she was absolutely shocked when I became not just a Christian, but a pastor as well. And I got to tell you that I have enjoyed the shock when I bump into people who knew me as a teenager, and they find out that I'm a pastor. And they're like, you, Steve, you became a pastor? How did that happen? Uh, and I, I'm just Quite amused by the, the reaction that they have there. Uh, now, as we talk about people who are unexpected to become a follower of Jesus, I'm not sure that there's anyone who is more unexpected than that of Saul, who became known as the Apostle Paul. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to reflect upon his experience and try to understand what that means for us. So before we get into what actually happened with Saul, one of the questions we need to ask beforehand is, was Saul a good man or a bad man before he met Jesus? Uh, Was he someone who was particularly good or someone who was particularly bad? Uh, How we answer that might help us as we reflect upon his experience. So was he a good man? Well, he certainly was someone who had a strong belief in God. Uh, He was very zealous when it came to his belief in God. He had a uh, desire for truth. In fact, he was willing to stand up against anything that he saw as falsehood. Uh, He was someone who didn't just take on a bit of religion onto his life, but he really lived it out he was absolutely committed to this, and he was willing to do whatever it took to live out his uh, his faith. Uh, he was a, a man of action who was willing to, to put his faith into action. So those things seem to be positive statements about who Saul was. However, uh, there were some bad things about Saul as well, and his zeal for God wasn't always worked out in the most positive way. So it's not just that he could uh, agree to disagree with people who had different beliefs, uh, nor could he just rely upon having uh, an intellectual debate of uh, getting together with some of these followers of Jesus and debating whether or not Jesus was in fact the Jewish Messiah. That wasn't really what Saul was about Rather, he was actively involved in persecution. He wanted to stamp out these followers of Jesus, even using violence. He approved of violence, and he was involved in violence himself. And so that is something that is bad. No matter how zealous we are, even if the, the uh, source of our zeal is something good, it is never right for us to use violence against people we disagree with in trying to either uh, change their mind or to stamp out their beliefs. It's never appropriate. And so Saul was a complicated person uh, when, it, when it comes to that. And so at this point in the story, what had happened is that uh, Saul was desiring to stop these followers of Jesus. He had gotten the permission to do this, and he was on a Uh, The road to Damascus feeling very justified in the work that he was doing. He was doing God's work. Uh, He was stopping these people who were, uh, according to his perspective, uh, preaching something that was falsehood, and he was doing what had to be done in order to stop them. And on the road to Damascus, something amazing happened. He met Jesus. Now, I remember years ago preaching on this and commenting how Jesus knocked Saul off of his horse. And um, even though there is a famous painting of uh, Saul's experience and that shows him being uh, falling off that horse, uh, I was reminded by a lady at my previous church that nowhere does it say that Saul was on a horse. Uh, that's just something that has gotten into our imagination and the picture that we have of what was going on. Uh, Maybe Saul was on a horse. Maybe he was walking. Maybe he stayed on the horse uh, for a while. Maybe he never had a horse. We don't know. But something happened with Saul. He met Jesus. And this is what I love about this story, because Jesus doesn't try to convince Saul to become a follower. He doesn't present a list of reasons of why Saul should become a follower of Jesus. All that Jesus does is, first of all, he makes it clear that as Saul has been persecuting Christians, he's actually been persecuting Jesus himself. That uh, Saul, everything he has done, uh, what he thought was right, he was doing it against Jesus. And after that, Jesus just tells him what to do, where he's supposed to go. He gives him instructions. And Saul responds. He, he follows those instructions. He does what Jesus tells him to do. Uh, there's no debate back and forth. There's no consideration. It just happens. And I, I really kind of love how that takes place. We find out that, that Saul becomes blind uh, in his encounter with Jesus. And he's, he's brought to a, a place. He's brought to a house. And uh, he's there waiting. And this is the other thing that I love about this story. Because technically, Jesus could have done everything he needed to do just between himself and Saul. Everything could have happened there. No one else needed to be involved. And yet, we find that Jesus calls Ananias. Now, this Ananias is completely different than the story of Ananias and Sapphira that we saw in a a previous passage. He speaks to Ananias and says that Ananias is to go to Saul. And Ananias is uh, absolutely understandably reluctant to do that. He knows Saul's reputation. He knows that he would be putting himself in danger if he actually goes to the house where Saul is. And so he he is worried about it. And Jesus explains that, no, this is why you have to go, uh, that Saul really has been brought to Jesus's side And he is going to be Jesus's instrument for the nations. And so Ananias goes. And this is what I love about the story. Is that for as much as we talk about having a personal relationship in Jesus. uh, Christianity isn't just about having a personal relationship with Jesus. It's about having a relationship with Jesus in community. And it would never have been good for it to be uh, for Saul just to have uh, a relationship with Jesus and not to be connected with the larger Christian community. We're going to get more into that in a future message, but I love how Ananias is included. So Ananias goes, and he goes to the house where Saul is, and he says, Brother Saul, and what an incredible thing. He is so aware of what Saul has done, and yet He says, Brother Saul, how much uh, would that have uh, been difficult for Ananias uh, in that moment? And how uh, powerful that must have been for Saul to hear that from Ananias. Remember, uh, Saul is blind at this point, so he can only hear the words. And the words that he hears from a representative of the people that he has actively persecuted is brother Saul. What an incredible thing. And then uh, Saul is healed of his blindness, and it seems as if this blindness was given to him as a symbol of the spiritual blindness that he had. And now, as his eyes are opened, he is able to see the truth uh, in a way that he had never been able to see before. And this is, is so important. So uh, Saul, uh, is uh, he believes He's able to see. He's baptized, and this is an incredible moment in uh, in the moment in the life of uh, Saul, but also in the life of the church because Saul goes on to become the apostle Paul. He writes uh, many of the books of the New Testament. He plants many churches around the Mediterranean. Imagine what Christianity would have been like if Jesus had never. Uh, done this with Saul, if he had never met Saul on the road to Damascus, how different would things be? Because it was Saul who took the, the uh, message of Jesus and applied it to a non-Jewish context, and that's the, the context in which we live. So this experience is so important. Now, for some people today, when they look at the story of Saul, they completely identify with this. Uh, they may be someone, again, who, who's had a rough life, um, maybe has had run-ins with law, or were violent, or angry, or uh, was just really aware and conscious of how far away from God that they were. And then they had this dramatic experience with Jesus. Jesus appears to them in some way not necessarily a vision the way that uh, Saul experiences, but something dramatic happens and it is a complete three sixty they They change completely from where they had been, and so for some people, they look at the story of Saul and say, Yeah, that's it. That is my story. What happened to Saul? That's what happened to me. But what about the average Christian? What about the Christian who grew up in the church? and never really had any major doubts? Uh, what about the Christian who has just always been around and n- really never got in that much trouble? Um, what about that person? Do they look at the story and say, well, that's nice for Saul, but that's not really anything for me. What do we do with this? Well, I actually think that there's something that is really uh, important and relevant for every single Christian. Now, this experience with Saul is very often called the conversion of Saul. But was it really a conversion, at least in the way we normally use that word? When we talk about a conversion, we talk about someone uh, converting from one religion to another, someone who takes on completely different beliefs. Is that what happened to Saul on the road to Damascus? Well, let's think about it. Uh, Before the road to Damascus, Saul believed in the God of Israel. After the road to Damascus, Saul believed in the God of Israel. Um, Before the road to Damascus, Saul uh, tried to follow the scriptures. After the road to Damascus, Saul tried to follow the scriptures. Uh, Before the road to Damascus, Saul was zealous for his faith after the road to Damascus, Saul was zealous for his faith. There was a lot in common. Now that's not to say nothing happened. Obviously something major happened on the road to Damascus, but it wasn't a converting from one religion to another. Rather, Saul met Jesus, and Jesus changed everything. It's like Putting on a pair of glasses for the very first time, or or putting on a hearing aid for the very first time, and, and thinking, Wow, that's what reality is like. I didn't know I could see so clearly. I didn't know I could hear so clearly. That is what is happening with Saul meeting Jesus. Now he's seeing everything through a Jesus lens, and he understands God in a new way. He understands scripture in a new way. He understands zeal in a new way. And all of that comes through his experience of Jesus. By meeting Jesus, that totally transformed who he was and how he acted in his life. And Jesus wants to do the same thing for us. Now, for some people, that is their conversion experience, that they uh, experience God for the first time Uh, in a dramatic way like this and and that's what happens but I don't think it has to be that way I don't think it's just talking about the moment uh, a particular person goes from being a non-christian to being a christian all of us can have a fresh experience of Jesus something that can knock us to the ground and uh, totally transform our life and reorient the way we see everything including church and including God Uh, Those kind of things can happen. It doesn't have to be at a conversion experience. I believe that Jesus is often just around the corner, waiting to interrupt us on whatever road that we're traveling, wanting to meet us so that we can experience him in some way and be transformed in that moment. And that might happen when we first become a believer, but it might happen after we have been a part of the church for decades and decades. Jesus wants to meet us, and he wants to transform us. Saul's experience was a life-changing moment. It was also a history-changing moment. Everything changed after the road to Damascus. But this is not just the story of Saul. This is our story as well. In the story of Saul, Jesus met Saul and changed his life. Jesus was what made the difference. For us, we need Jesus just as much, even if we are religious. Because remember, Saul was not an atheist. Saul was not a criminal. Saul was nothing like that. He was a zealous believer in God. And yet Jesus met him and reoriented his life completely. And Jesus wants to do the same thing to us. He might want to change how we do church. He might want to change our personal discipleship, all of those things, Jesus wants to meet, meet us. Uh, don't think just because uh, you prayed a prayer or were baptized many years ago that Jesus is done with you. Jesus wants to meet with you now. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for meeting with Saul on the road to Damascus 2,000 years ago and everything that took place because of that. We pray that you would meet with us wherever we are at. For those who have never entered into a relationship with you, that they would meet you for the first time and that you would transform them. For those of us who have been Christians for a long time, we too need to meet you on the road. We ask that you would give us a fresh understanding of who you are and that you would give us purpose and direction according to what you are doing in the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.